Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs a Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I am here with one mad commenting fool, uh, <laughs> the human meme generator, Mr. Uh, I try. Mr. Who? Evil genius. There you go. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we've been having a lot of fun in the comments section the last uh, couple of Cavs the Blog. Man, it's been, I gotta tell you, I don't think I've had this much fun since the year they won the whole thing. Actually, that's not true. I guess they had some pretty good games in, oh, yeah. in 2017, but, it, but man, last year was just a slog. Yeah, and you just didn't know what team was going to come show up from night to night, and you know, and this was a total trap game. Like previous seasons, you would see, oh, uh, Giannis isn't playing; they're resting Giannis tonight, um, and then the Cavs just wouldn't even show up. You know, and it was like they got all up for Giannis and then oh well he's not playing we can beat them and then they would just have no energy but the Cavs just brought the last several games have brought the energy from the tip and they really have man especially at home they're yeah. they've won their last four at home all against playoff teams I don't know if you can count Orlando as a playoff team but they're I mean they're fighting for the playoffs so yeah I mean they're a near the 500 against... team at the very least so well, no, they won. Uh, they since the All Star break, they're six and two at home. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they have an All Star center. So, I mean, they, they they're a solid team for sure. And what the Cavs? Uh, they won against Milwaukee tonight. Won against the Pistons. Obviously, Sands Griffin in Detroit gave Dallas a really good run for their money down in Dallas. And uh, yeah, it's just. It's been a really fun run, and uh, lots of – I mean, the team just seems super deep right now. Uh, they were talking a little bit in the game well, of – especially tonight. Yeah, when they everybody's got, healthy. <laughs> yeah. They had Love back for 
half the game anyways till he smashed heads with uh, Bledsoe. And they didn't say about it. Hey, he had a concussion or not, but he 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 seemed woozy and he didn't come back. So well, I'm sure they checked um, him out at halftime, and it might have been he was. Fine I would at, hope so. It might have been he was fine at halftime, and then once he started exerting himself, he started to feel it, and that that yeah. happens with a concussion. So I'm yeah, I'm glad they did sure. the right thing and and took care of him. So yeah, no, they um, I mean, he look, he wasn't he looked rusty anyways I mean he was like one for nine or from three and one for ten overall so like he really didn't uh I mean he didn't shoot the ball well at all no and he didn't like I felt like he didn't get do a good job of getting his rhythm inside early yeah and he just uh, jacked a bunch of threes yeah which which is okay deep threes too like he was like three and four feet beyond the line yeah which is okay because he's you know that good of a shooter but you would see you would like to see them get him going a little inside first and uh, yeah which kind of isn't their offense right now but they kind of of late uh maybe except when Tristan's in and when Zizic is in um they've been running a little bit of an inside out offense you know where they have the screeners up high and either Larry Nance pops or uh Zizic sets himself up for that either the roll or the pick and pop in the free throw line. And, uh, yeah. and then they had a lot of drive and kick action and it's the offense. Well, I feel has that's been a really lot fun of to watch. product of what's well, been a, a largely a product of teams playing zone against them too. That, that is to, true. Yeah. They've had to adjust the way they play. So, um, yeah, 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 it's yeah, go ahead. Oh, they did. They made a really concerted effort tonight, uh, especially the guards, uh, getting into kind of the top of the free throw line area and into that in between, not really where it's quote unquote the mid range, but not out at the three point line. And yeah, kind of they kind of focused on that early as the weak part of their defense. And the Cavs might lead the league in guys who can shoot floaters because, you know, they got Brandon Knight is apparently Mr. Floater. And uh, then they've got Colin Sexton shoots a lot of floaters and obviously Delhi and. But they, um, and then Jordan Clarkson, well, Clarkson shoots a lot too, of yeah. every kind of shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was on tonight. I he mean, was he had on one of tonight. his better games. Yeah, let's let's pull up his stat line. Well, I feel like we should start with Sexton, though. Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you know, the as I mean, I I went into a large detail in the last recap, but he was able to uh, break his tie with uh with AC for the team lead in uh most 23 point straight 3 point 23 point games by a uh by a, a Cavs rookie um he had passed Ron Harper yeah he had passed Ron Harper with 5 uh against Dallas and then he tied AC on on uh Monday and then passed him tonight with uh, and actually got to 23 with that just absolute dagger of a three yeah in the I fourth mean, quarter the teams are gonna have to start to stop leaving him like he is just deadly on catch and shoot um, well i don't even know that so much there i mean they're leaving him sometimes but sometimes he's i mean he's been doing a better job of dribbling into them too oh yeah and, totally but i mean tonight it was a great setup from uh from clarkson and he's just yep. a knockdown catch and shoot shooter right now and 
I, yeah, I, I need to go pull up some analytics on on his catch and shoot. We we need Tom on this yeah. podcast so he can do the research in the background for us. Exactly, <laughs> with that that hot that hot uh, blue key action. Yeah. Um, <laughs> click 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 click. Um, yeah. No, but he's. I mean, look, the, he's he's four for seven again tonight from three point land. Um, ten of eighteen overall. He's just been shooting the lights out. He had a few turnovers tonight. You know, he was he was trying to force a little bit, and Bledsoe's really good at uh, at stripping the ball. He had yeah, four they turnovers. Yeah, a lot of those guys on that team. I mean, Ilyasova, Bledsoe, uh, Brooke Lopez, they're yep. all guys that are going to, if you show the ball, they're going to get it. I mean, Larry Nance had that happen on a, ended up being a jump ball on a drive. So, Yeah, and he had three assists uh, all in the first quarter. When the Cavs were actually shooting shooting the ball really well, yeah. and I but I noticed that you know there were a few he made some really smart passes tonight, a couple of like he had that cross court one to uh, Nawaba in the corner that that it just went in and out. He had a similar one to, to Jetty. Like he's definitely looking for guys now. He's he's definitely seems to be expanding his court vision. He's just not some of these shots are just not falling. So he's not getting the assist totals, but, um, but oh, he's yeah. definitely active out there. Yeah. And I mean, I think the biggest thing with him and with the whole Cavs team when he's in, and especially Kevin Love being back has totally increased the focus of this. He, when they run, they put so much pressure on opposing teams. Like yeah. they're like, remember how bad their fast break was earlier this year? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like it's just night and day from what we saw earlier this year. I mean, Chetty Osman really good when he gets into the middle of the defense. Just finding, they're both so fast. Yeah, well, that and he's just so good at the passer on the break. I mean, we saw that in the Monday game where he had six assists and like I think four of them were all on fast breaks. And it's like he makes really quick decisions, centers the ball. Um, I love that break tonight, though, where Kevin Love got the rebound, oh, yeah. fired at half court to Jetty, and then Jetty, or was it no to Sexton? Sexton passed it to Jetty ahead to Jetty, and then oh no, it was no he passed to Jetty. Jetty passed it ahead to Sexton, and he looked like Sexton was going to go and maybe even get blocked at the rim, but then at the last second he he shoveled it off to Sex to uh, Jetty, and Jetty scored. So yeah, and it was just a really great way to run the break and it, it showed a lot of growth from both of those guys and how they how they run the break oh absolutely and the thing i really love about the way they run the break is those guys run the lanes and then they will they if that's not there then they look for the trailers in the corners and at the top of the key rather than you know camping it i hate I loathe the NBA where you see a three on two or a two on one. And then all of a sudden one guy just peels out to the corner and it's like, yeah, a corner three is a <laughs> yeah. good look, but it's like, you literally have a layup here. If you just make the right pass, <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, no, I, I never get that. It's, the, the bucks did that a few times tonight, which it surprised me because they're not typically a team. I would think would do that, but the couple of times they did do that, they seemed to be just in, intent on swinging the ball to Middleton, which was not a bad idea tonight. No, and that team, man, that ball was hopping for them on a few occasions. I mean, there was a couple times where the Cavs were playing really good defense, and they just never um, – <laughs> the, the ball just moved so many times, they just couldn't couldn't get back. Yeah. Um, 
Now they had one great defensive, one great defensive play where they were on everybody, and then they forgot about. I think maybe it was Knight that forgot about Connaughton on the on the weak side, and he just went in for a went in for a layup. So <laughs> yeah, and speaking of uh, Pat Pat Connaughton, um, so the, is it Connaughton or Connaughton? I, don't I know. thought it was Co- Connaughton. <laughs> that sounds more Scottish to me. <laughs> Connaughton. Connaughton. Yeah, uh, well, or he was, he was I don't cannot, know. Connaughton uh, catching the ball tonight. Yeah, so. so the Cavs started out, they were up by 16 at one point in the second quarter, and then um, had a comfortable lead, and then uh, got outscored by 11 in the third, and it was tied going into overtime, and that's or into the fourth, and that's when my power went out. And yeah, so, and that's when Ante Zizic took over, man. Yeah, I know. I missed all of it. I heard he, he was had, a rebounding he had, machine. He had six offensive rebounds, five of them in the fourth quarter, and he had eight points, seven of them in the fourth quarter. He was just a put back, a glass cleaning put back machine. He he uh, he did uh, Tristan Thompson proud, and Tristan actually, man, he didn't look like he'd missed a step coming back and. He had he was three for three in twelve minutes with six boards and two offensive for seven points. Like yeah, he had a couple of those like patented Tristan Thompson offensive rebounds where he's got no business getting the ball, but somehow yeah. ends up with it. Yeah, it was just nice seeing him back out there, seeing Love back out there, seeing Nance back. Out. They got a whole new front line basically. I mean, I know two of them came off the bench, but still. Well, like, and and the crazy thing is, uh, is they still got Henson to come back. Yeah. And so yeah. um Quiche, Quiche will be out of the rotation then. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't tonight because Love yeah, he, he got played the about what yeah, 6 minutes, 6 minutes cuz Love banged yeah. heads and Tristan was on a minutes restriction I think. So so I figure we'll probably see Quiche at least a a few minutes here and there. But, but here's but, his uh, here's his line in uh 6 minutes. 1 yeah. point Zero rebounds, <laughs> one turnover, <laughs> and one for two from the free throw line. Yeah, he's. Uh, I I feel like we've come up. He with got hacked in the face though. I didn't. I, on I, I that one that. possession. Yeah. yeah, your power was off, but oh my god, he got he he was absolutely mauled and got no call. because really? so, I felt like the Cavs were getting the calls in the first half. I was yeah, really most surprised. of it. Yeah, in the second half they seem to be, especially. Uh, yeah. When Ursan started, he got that one flop that actually, or that one charge that actually wasn't a flop, but where most of the rest of them were, at least Sexton got a piece of his jaw with his elbow. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, if if you're going to get a charge, make him earn it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it should hurt. So, yeah. You're not going to turn the ball over, make it hurt. And, and the Cavs played really well coming into crunch time, and then they had an 11-point lead, or not 11-point lead, a 5 uh, three point lead with 11 seconds. Milwaukee had the ball, and they ran some goofy kind of backdoor lob play for Pat Connaughton. Yeah, or Connaughton, cannot getting the ball in the basket or yeah. catching it. Cannot, cannot catch the ball. Yeah, yeah and I was like, and, and kind of my point was, you know, you don't call that play for that guy in that situation. But that's mean, why. That's why Budenholzer is not a good playoff coach. Right. Like, like he's just not – like, he draws up a great play and then inserts the wrong personnel to run it. I mean, the guy was minus 20 on the night. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I know. I'm I know. Just... I mean, and then meanwhile, like to me, it's ridiculous because you know you want to know who the best isolation player in the NBA is this year. Is it Chris Middleton? It is. That guy is the best ISO player in the NBA this year. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you just get that guy the ball somehow? I mean, he had a monster night tonight, 26 points, 21 shots, 12 rebounds. No, literally, you could get it. You could have got yeah. it to anybody but Connaughton. Yeah. I don't know why Connaughton played 34 minutes. Well, they ran a real short rotation. I mean, they ran an eight-man rotation. So, And then, of course, Ilyasova was in foul trouble, and their other guy was DJ Wilson and... Uh, Tim I don't trust the dude with a like, man They bone. literally just picked up <laughs> Frazier off the street. No, I know. The, I know. <laughs> this week. So, but the, like, play, play Bonzi Colson. He probably yeah. have done better. He probably would have. And then uh, Nomad and I would have been freaking out. <laughs> I know. I but, don't have any sympathy, though, for Milwaukee. I mean, I, I know that this is one of the rare times the Cavs had way more healthy guys than yeah, the opponent. And they, and they were but, on the back end of a back-to-back, but... You beat teams in that situation. The Cavs did what they should do. They yeah. they ran them. They beat them up on the boards in the second half. I mean, you got to know that if Adeta Kumbo is playing in the second half, uh, Zizic probably isn't getting as many of those offensive rebounds. But for sure. But you can't play down to your opponent, and they didn't. Oh, I, so. I have no illusions that if Giannis plays, this this game's probably not even close. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But Giannis didn't play against the Lakers, and the Bucks won by thirteen. <laughs> Indeed. So now <laughs> it's just more validation. That's what it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, other guys. I don't know if it's validation. It's just it's just kind of like it's sort of a. I mean, you you know, LeBron watches these games. Oh yeah. Right? I mean, he can't. You know, know he, at the very least, he's watching Sports Center. Yeah. And he's looking at this thing like, huh. But I mean, look, we're we're the basketball part of him probably maybe questions that the the you know business LeBron isn't business LeBron made this move this move was preordained right I mean he he was gonna go to L A at some point so he could shoot things like Space Jam two and <laughs> you know five different TV shows so it's yeah. just the way it is and. and- yeah, it's you make your bed and you you live with it. Yeah, I mean we've, I'm, I'm sure we'll come back to that. Um, I I that's what I really like about the Cavs right now is the conversation isn't about LeBron. The conversation is about the Cavs. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like they are. It LeBron is. Oh yeah, he used to play for the Cavs. You know now it's man. Colin Sexton looks really good. You know Chetty Osman looks really good. Um. And that's fun. That's, I think, what is really fun about that, the team right now. Absolutely. Uh, honestly, it was it's so much fun to watch these guys having fun on the court. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that. that's the thing. Like, last year, even the games that were close, even the games that were like, like that crazy comeback against Philly towards the end of the season, or... Um, you know, even the even the Minnesota game where, you know, a, a, after all the trades when it or right before all the trades and, you know, it just it, it didn't matter. Like there was just no you is a real sense of like these guys just aren't having a good time, you know, yeah. and I know it's a, I know it's a job, but at the same time, basketball is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to have a good time watching it. You're supposed to be having a good time playing it. And uh, well, I mean, <laughs> you, you've had many jobs, many different experiences it's always better 
and you the I feel like the product is always better when you enjoy each other's company and you feed off each other and you bring that positive energy. Sure. Um, I'm, I don't think I don't think it matters what you do for a living. It's the product is always better when you enjoy what you do. And it doesn't mean you're not working, but it also it me just because you're having fun doesn't mean it's not work. But you can find a way to I don't know. I'm got some happy crappy bullshit here, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like the chemistry matters, you know? Well, sure. But it's also what's great about it is that, you know, there it's that whole thing about that I said at the end, which is that that recency bias idea where you're like, you know, when it was when it was the team was oh and six and Tyloo got fired or, you know, when they were when they'd won like four or five games and things look pretty bleak, you know, even, even into December. <laughs> when a certain commenter was saying they would have three wins come January. <laughs> yeah. But, but they, but then, you know, the you same look at commenter who two weeks ago was like, the Cavs have got to keep Marquise Chris. He's going to be amazing. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to call anybody out, but no, I, I, I'm just I, saying, no like, names, please. <laughs> I'm just saying that the book was written so quickly on Sexton that he was a yeah. bust. Man, I can I went back when I was doing the the recap on Monday. There were so many articles about uh, Colin. You know, Colin Sexton's a bust, and his teammates don't think he can play, and this and this and this, and just endless. Like I, there were like literally, there were like three pages of you know when I was looking at news on Colin Sexton, like just how much, and and and. and Needlessly so. Like there was no reason to bag on a rookie yeah. like that. Well, it's and just... and I was guilty of it. I'll admit. I mean, I was really frustrated with him at times. Uh, well, you know, it's a difference between frustration and saying he's he's a bust. He's forget. Yeah, write that guy off. But write I, that guy I off. I was and... also looking at the guys taken behind him and was like, did the Cavs really make a mistake here? And well, and I think it was really most glaring when he wasn't using his speed at all. Like. When it just didn't look like he was going yeah, to it was go just by straight line, anyone, straight line speed and not <laughs> modulating it. Yeah. Well, that and he just wouldn't even try to beat somebody off the dribble. It was always just like a little short burst into a pull up, and it's like that's not a good look. And well, I yeah, think yeah. I think too. I mean, as positive as he is on the outwardly, I'm sure I'm sure he was disappointed or or down on himself a little bit, at yeah. least a little bit early on, because that's life in the NBA. You go from one year in college. You know where you're being taught not necessarily all the right things by Avery Johnson into um, you know the NBA where you're basically forced into a starting role because the the last superstar left and basically left nothing behind but an injured star and a bunch of pieces that didn't quite fit anymore yep. and you know and look. Colin Sexton started this. This was his sixty uh, first game of the year that he started. Kyrie started fifty three. Granted, that was a strike year, but you know, but he, I think he was also injured a little bit that that first year. I mean, that's a that's a lot to ask from a guy who's again he's the eighth pick in the draft. He oh, wasn't absolutely. the first pick in the draft. So absolutely, and and I will you know admit that I, I had not didn't have the faith for a while but i also i kind of resigned myself to this is 
still a work in progress. You don't know, you know, maybe next year, maybe the year after, you know, if you're not seeing progress, you can say, hey, we can write this guy off. But there's you can't write him off now because it's the learning curve is so steep and not everybody gets it at the same time. I mean, look at D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. I mean, D'Angelo Russell. Look at look at De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, D'Angelo Russell had to be traded from his team where he was a superstar. Well, that was just and, dumb. He wasn't he he wasn't traded because he was bad though. He was traded because he was a snitch. Well, yeah, and he was a locker room problem and all that stuff. And but yeah. the other issue there is, <laughs> you know, I think it, he had to he had to be knocked down a peg to be able to get up a peg, and maybe. You know, they were talking about the post game, that's, but that's t- that's typical Lakers choosing a dude like, uh, what's his name? Who's that? Who's the guy? The uh, the Iggy Azalea guy, Nick <laughs> Nick Young. Yeah, choosing Nick Young over over D'Angelo Russell, like that's stupid. <laughs> well, it's just another typical Laker move. Yeah, and but it's it's funny because I feel like Sexton kind of had the same, not obviously. He had to get knocked down a peg. They were talking about it in the post game of when he didn't make the all the rising stars team. And then when the replacements came out, it was Kevin Knox and not him. Yeah. And I, well, I put that in the, in the write up. Like that, yeah. that was yeah. really, I, that to me felt like the turning point. Well, it felt and, to me like that was the, that was the message that only the NBA could send to him, not the rest of his team or anybody. Like, you know, seeing you that you're not good enough to be even be past guys that were taken beyond you for the rising stars game, you know, it doesn't mean anything except it means everything or it should yeah. to a guy like that. Cause you're well, trying to, to make a name for yourself. Yeah. And to me, the amazing thing now is you look at the shots the Cavs are taken and it's night and day and especially Colin Sexton, it's night yeah. and day from the shots they were taking earlier in the season. Something happened. I don't know what happened, but I don't know if if they just weren't listening closely enough to Larry Drew early, or if the philosophy changed because because of all of the zones they were seeing because they were only taking mid range shots. I, I I don't know. Well, and they also, I mean, look at who they traded away: Rodney Hood, king of the mid range jumper, and um, who was the other guy they traded away? Burks and and Alec Burks, who not a terrible mid range player, but um. You know, Alec Burks, I mean, he, I, I liked Alec Burks when he was here. Um, I did too. I liked him more for his attitude and his, and his energy though, than his shooting. Yeah. But I mean, he was not a terrible offensive player and yeah, no. like you were saying. Um, but I will say this, I think part of what, just going back to the, the point before, I think the part of why maybe we are predisposed to have, knee-jerk reactions about draft picks here is because of the way they've gone, you know, in the recent past. I mean, when you have arguably the biggest bust in NBA history drafted to your team in Gumdrop Bear, (laughs) you know, everything kind of like – then everything's relative because it's not like, yes, Chris Grant is not no longer here, but Dan Gilbert's still here. Yeah, and in retrospect, I mean, the Rodney Hood and Jordan Clarkson trades for how they ended up in the playoffs were kind of terrible. Now, you know, also in retrospects, 
Um, Chetty Osman probably should have been playing a lot more in the playoffs last year, and Ty Lue was exposed a little bit at the beginning of the year, and obviously LeBron is not the greatest superstar in the league for um, developing team chemistry when he's not engaged, but, you know, something was clearly wrong with that team last year, and I, I will give the players and the organization and Coach Drew all the credit in the world for making this a really entertaining, fun, hardworking team coming out of the the playoff or the All Star break. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, tweet that just got posted on the thread. Uh, it came from Jordan Zerm. Um, is it? He asked Sexton about the increased amount of threes he's been taking. And if it was hard to change his shot selection, he said his teammates would literally scream at him whenever he took a step in to shoot a mid-range jumper. <laughs> so he figured he better start shooting threes. That's kind of great, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, to me, the best part of this Cavs team right now is they do have that culture of accountability. And the players themselves are the ones that care. Like that, to me is is the really the most interesting part. And I, I, I read a thing or I saw a thing on leadership yesterday, uh, about, you know, welcome to welcome to my TED talk, but it was about introspective leaders versus <laughs> uh uh introverted versus extroverted leaders. And uh extroverted leaders can feel very threatened if the people under them have a lot of ideas and you know when they go to shoot those guys down it can be very demoralizing whereas introverted leaders need the people around them to be you know proactive and have a lot of ideas and be very creative and i feel like that is kind of the environment that the the Cavs and especially larry drew has really empowered a lot of his uh veteran players to be leaders on the team you know i i feel like um Larry Nance is one of the best leaders on this team. Like you always oh, yeah. see him. T- I'm I'm sure the guy telling him to take a three instead of a two is Larry Nance. You well, know. it might be Channing too. Yeah, by the way. or Channing or Kevin Love, and you know, and but Tristan I like, was Tristan was shouting at him yeah. at right at the at the end of the half when he was complaining about not getting a foul on that that ill advised drive. Yeah, and you could tell Tristan was yelling at him like like. You're not going to get that call at you're a the end of the half. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you like make a better shot. Yeah, it's the end of the half, and you're a rookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so yeah, the the that has been great. That's been fantastic. And well, and he credits them after every game, even yeah. after this after this one, he credited them again. He was like, I because you know Angel Gray was asking him about the you know about the the record and you know and how great did that feel? And he's like, it, it feels great, but I owe it all to my teammates because they're all out there yelling at me, to, you know, reminding me to do the right things. And yeah, that's what you want to hear from a, a rookie, you know, yeah. not that. Yeah. Isn't this great? I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm shooting, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the next Tim Duncan. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I tell you what, by, cause attitude. by the way, Tim Duncan's the last, the last, the last guy as a rookie to do what Sexton's doing with the scoring. Wow. The that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And that was in 1998. Yeah. That that's and you got to figure like he's the focus of the game plan at this point when teams are are facing you, them. If he's not, he should be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it that's really impressive. Um, and and I find him unbelievably refreshing as an interview. Yeah, like that's he, the best word for it. I yeah, agree. 
like there doesn't seem and I feel like he went to the absolute best team for him. Yep. Um well certainly the team they get A the most playing time and B the most free reign to to, to, to grow. Beat, have an, yeah, to have an impact and grow, yeah. Yeah, I mean a lot of other teams they wouldn't been able to put up or they wouldn't have put up with how bad he was <laughs> earlier in the season. Um and the Cavs had a lot of patience and I give that coaching staff a lot of credit for that. So Well, all but one. Segwaying, yeah, all but um the tank you know, driver. The human t- chantix commercial. Um segwaying into that, um Larry Drew. What do you th- do you think he deserves a shot at sticking around next year? Sure. I I certainly do. I heard a report today though that he doesn't want to. Really? Yeah, I had heard a report from I think it was James Rapine for 92.3, the fan who covers the Indians and the Cavs for them, was saying that um, the all the reports or the word coming out of out of Larry Drew's side of things was that he wasn't interested in taking the job. That he he's he'd rather rather I don't know why they didn't give a reason, but. I don't know a how maybe it was maybe that. it was hey if you you didn't believe in me to give me the contract before I I'm not interested in sticking around who knows yeah well next year he is under contract but it's only partially guaranteed right um, and I feel like if they gave him a I I think that also might be negotiation for a contract <laughs> extension probably they do want him to stick around so I don't know how much stock I put in that I mean he's certainly seems to enjoy the players. I think he probably enjoys the players more than the organization. It um, may be that he doesn't want to be a head coach, too. It may be, but he certainly seems to have the mentality for it. And he's well, been he's a head coach seems twice like a good, before. He definitely seems like a good teacher, if nothing yeah. else. So. Well, and he's very even-keeled on the sideline. I mean, you hardly... He, what I like about him is he's very even keeled and attentive without being passive. You know what I mean? Like Ty Lu at times just seemed really passive. Like he would never get a tech, but also you weren't quite sure whether he was paying attention to what was actually going on in the game. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that Ty Lu always knew what was going on in the game. <laughs> he He so often looked very, clueless bewildered <laughs> well yeah i mean yeah ty clueless yeah i i felt like ty Lu was a much better assistant than head coach well yeah i mean i mean he he basically saved that playoff series against the bulls yeah but i mean i really like you, you know and i'm i'm of the opinion that teams kind of take on the persona of their head coach and um you know, Larry Drew is kind of an intense guy without being, you know, overly emotional and without being overly demonstrative. And that that's kind of the Cavs personality right now when they're playing well. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and he's yeah, I really like his demeanor. I've, I've loved what I've seen. You know, what did we talk about at the beginning of the season? What does success look like for the Cavs? And I think we defined it as. Success for the Cavs looks like their young players growing into guys that you could see leading a playoff team. And I don't think, I mean, obviously they have to improve defensively. Um, right. but well, they I, could make one change and 
change that <laughs> on the on the on the coaching staff yeah <laughs> i mean i i feel like um chetty osman and ante zizic and colin sexton have all done that and and to some extent clarkson and especially nance i and even david nawaba um yep i don't feel like you could ask for more from a coaching staff uh given all the churn given all the um lineup changes they've run more lineups than anybody in the league they've had more play- <laughs> what was it what was it tom last week said they've had 100 players in their, on their oh yeah that's not true but <laughs> no but it was in the 20s it 25 yeah 25, 25 different so. well they've had 25 different lineups for sure so and and the number of players was in the 20s too yeah so, at least like 21 or 22 so so yeah i mean I, I, it's hard to think who could have done a better job, given how no, they're playing. He's right done now. a great, he's done a great job with with what he's had, and I actually feel like he he's very smart with timeouts. Um, and I, I don't know, I think he's done a nice job with the rotations in the second half of the season. And and he's made adjustments and made plays to win games. I mean, Alec Burks had three game winning <laughs> shots yeah. in in eleven wins, which is pretty amazing. I mean. That it's a testament to an ability to coach in close games. So speaking of Alex Burke, there is a guy I would love to see back on the Cavs next year. I wonder what old Alec Burks is doing. Let me, let me. You think Houston is he still hanging in Sacramento? We do that. No, I thought he was on Houston. No, they traded him to Sacto. Oh, yeah, but then I thought he got Shumpert. Me. Shumpert. Oh, no, went you're to right. Houston. Oh, okay, yeah. So Alec Burks is on Sacramento. Wendy's biggie bag. Uh, not playing very much. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what the story is. Um, well, I th- yeah, it seems like they've been going with the younger guys in Sacramento. So yeah. I think he was hoping they were, I mean, I'm sure back when they traded him, Sacramento was still in the playoff picture. Yeah. And then yeah, so- Bagley, Bagley went down for a couple of weeks and I kind of, yeah, I kind of put an end to it. That and uh, the Spurs and the Clippers getting hot. Yeah, but as a bench guard next year, I would not be surprised to see Alec Burke, or I would not be unhappy to see Alec Burks back in a Cavs uniform. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he was he was a good he was a good uh, had the right kind of attitude. For yeah, well, and the other thing that you want from you know eighth ninth man the ability to play multiple positions, and he could play on the ball, he could play off the ball, play. He's primarily have, a two, but he can play the one or the three if you need. I mean, he's got. I think I'd rather have Nawaba though. I oh mean, no, no, no! I'm not saying in lieu of Nawaba, but yeah, I like Nawaba a lot. I think Nawaba's got a ton of potential. As I'm just not sure there'll be room because if you think about it, yeah. if Love doesn't get moved, which I don't think he will or should, so you got Love, Jetty, Zizic, uh, I think. Think is Knight or is Knight a free agent after no, this? No, Knight will be on the team next year. So Knight, unless he gets who's traded. who's been really good lately. I mean, he's start, starting to look a lot more like his old self. He had 13 points and four assists tonight. He didn't shoot. He shot a little under under 50 percent, but he hit a couple mm-hmm. of big threes again. Um, plus five on the on the night. One of, the only starter that was in the pluses. Yeah. But then you got so that's Love, Osman, Zizic, Knight, Sexton. Nance Jr., 
Tristan, because I don't know how they moved that contract. Clarkson, maybe, maybe not. Uh, and then you got two draft picks coming in. That's 10 players. I can't believe Brandon Knight is 27 years old. Like, he looks like he plays like he's 34. No. <laughs> he And the years have not been kind to Brandon Knight. I mean, well, he, he was in the same draft class as Kyrie, as Kyrie wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And, and Tristan Thompson. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because he has more, what did I read? He has more career points than uh, Thompson or Valanchunas. Yeah. Also oh, in that speak- draft. Oh, speaking of points, um, Clarkson trivia, he is nine points away from passing Campy as the Cavs, as the, having the most points off the bench in a season for a calf. Yeah, which did you uh, did you see any of the I don't know if when you're watching remotely if you get to see the studio show. Sometimes, not always. Um so this one was really funny because Campy was joking about how he learned of this record like 2 days ago. <laughs> and he was really good-natured about it. He was like, "I did not know I had this record." <laughs> That's funny. And Campy is really enjoyable. Like yeah. super nice guy. Um, soup. Uh, well, you're absolutely right, Nate. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, you absolutely right, Fred. Yeah. Oh wow. Rockets Grizzlies overtime. Fifteen. One fifteen. One fifteen. Wow. Rockets had to come way back on that one. Well, that's kind of what the Rockets do. It's usually what the Bucks do too, and they did. They came. They they erased the sixteen point lead that the Cavs had on them, but. Yeah. Uh, well, I tell you what, have enough can, gas to finish it. When you got shooting, it overcomes a lot of warts, and the Cavs have shooting now. <laughs> I mean, Weirdly, like you wouldn't think that they would, but no, Sexton and, and, and Osmond have been terrific lately. Like if and you went better. back in time to last fall and or you know a year ago today, and you were looking at Colin Sexton, you said, "What would be the best thing about Colin Sexton's game?" You would not go back and say that guy's going to be an absolute knockdown three point sh- shooter. Oh, exactly. But no, you say he's made himself that player. He'll be really fast, or he'll be good at defense, or he'll be a good distributor. But none of those things. He means fast, but like he's fast. Yeah. He's terrible at defense, and he can shoot. <laughs> but I think he's terrible at defense because because he's a rookie. I, well, I expect oh, he's going to be a lot I'm better next year. Not arguing with you at all. I, yeah. <laughs> rookies are terrible at defense. I mean, it's rare to find a rookie that isn't especially like maybe you'll find at times a young guy that can block a lot of shots, but at the perimeter positions, guys especially are rookie never point guards. Yeah. 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 I mean, just look at Trey young. I mean, cause they're all, none of them have, have added much muscle yet. And they're none of them really the know speed of this game. Yeah. They're not, they're not ready for the nuance. They, they, they get, they fall into traps. Like Bledsoe was pushing off all night on Sexton when he on his drives to the hoop and not getting called for it because vets don't get called for that. Yeah. When they're being guarded by rookies. So and not it's not to excuse Sexton for letting him blow by him so many times, but but certainly there's there's a little bit more to it than he just sucks at defense. Well, yeah, and also Bledsoe probably I hate to use the word pound for pound, but probably one of the strongest small guys. Oh yeah. I mean, if no one the posts, strongest no, small guy. Well, in yeah, the no one posts up in the in the paint quite like Bledsoe does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's super. He he is very strong. Like, and yeah, and that's just hard to contend with. Although, 
Colin Sexton clearly doesn't miss a lot of workouts because he looks pretty jacked in a lot of pictures. But oh yeah, no, and I think he'll only get stronger and better. Oh, absolutely, and and yeah. more attuned to the NBA game, and yeah. I, I think he'll only improve on defense. Yeah, and uh, if you, I tell you what, if he works on his defense the way he works on his three point shot, he's going to be great. That's a very very good point. And there are guys with similar builds that have been great defenders. I mean, you look at Chris Paul, very similar build, not the tallest guy, not the biggest wingspan, but just he's so quick and he's got, got such great instincts that he made himself a very good defensive player. Um, do you think do you think that that Ante Zizic is uh Billy Donovan's long lost son? <laughs> yeah, I told you what my friend Eric calls him yeah like god's own widow's peak <laughs> yeah it's the greatest yeah i mean he really those are two of the finest widow's peaks this side of the monsters yeah absolutely i mean what would it what it, i called him one of my nicknames for him was fester monster <laughs> <laughs> he's good tonight though i really enjoy watching ante because he gets he gets amped up when he starts making plays because he yeah i think he does screw up some still and he's still trying to feel out how to play the center position but man when he gets going He's like he just. He, I mean, he had some amazing throwdowns and putbacks and offensive rebounds. He was he was really working hard in the fourth beginning of the fourth quarter. I mean, he is. A, he has the potential to be a very good backup big. Like I don't ever feel I don't feel like he is full time starter material on a playoff team, but I could definitely see him being a backup big that's very good on a playoff team. You know what yeah. I mean? Sure. Uh, and I think part of it is he, you've got to put him in the right system too. Like the Cavs do, they do a really nice job of getting their bigs involved and letting them touch the ball and running all those dribble handoffs. And, you know, you got to give Larry Drew and his staff credit too, because he, he he's put in an offense that is, is pretty good for the skill set of the Cavs. I mean, you look at Larry Nance tonight, another really nice all around game. I think he had five assists. Yeah, uh, seven points and six rebounds, somewhere around yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And so I mean, just they've got a lot of guys that can pass from the elbows uh, with Kevin Love, and and even Tristan's a better passer than he used to be, and Zizic has had some nice passes, and you know, and the the crazy thing is, is they're still not at full health. They still got Henson coming back. They still got Delhi coming back. They run ten eleven deep. It's really going to be interesting to see what happens with this team next year. Um, so I'm really excited of, you know, as we kind of wrap up the season, we got uh, a bottle. Um, how many games do we have? We have 10 games left. Is it only 10? Only 10 games left. Yeah. 53, wow. 19 and 53. It, it kind of crazy. Cause I feel like the season's been a blur too. And, and it, in many ways, with all the different lineups and all the different news and so many different storylines around the NBA, it, it kind of has been. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And and I feel like our focus on the regular season has been a lot more than it has been, obviously, the last two years, especially. Well, it's harder to get excited about games where you can tell in the past where you could tell, like, LeBron wasn't all that into it or Kyrie or whoever and... You know, even though LeBron played all 82 last year, it, it didn't do it with any sort of joy. So, 
<laughs> there were many nights that were joyless. I mean, you can um, only watch so much Isaiah Thomas and yeah. And, I mean, how uh, many times in the last few years did Memphis trot in a team of like seven guys who weren't on NBA rosters at the start of the season, and then the Cavs lose? I think it yeah. happened at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or or going into Sacramento against an abysmal Sacramento team and just getting waxed. <laughs> That kind of thing. So, <laughs> but it was a fun night uh, in the NBA. Even for uh, it, the non-Cavs scores were fun too. The Bulls beat the uh, the. Wizards. They're still going, aren't they? No, it's over. Oh, is it? Oh no, the Bulls look like they're going to beat the Wizards. So they're up by six in overtime. You're right. And the Memphis Houston still going. Oh, no, no, that's, that's a final. Bulls final in overtime, one twenty six, one twenty. Oh, it must have just ended then. Yeah, okay. and that you got to think that pretty much knocks the Wizards out at this point. Let's see. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, they're now they're four and a half games behind in the loss column uh, again behind the Heat in yeah. the eighth spot with Orlando so. and Charlotte ahead of them. Yeah, and I mean Charlotte looks about cooked too. I think yeah. Orlando's probably the only the last team that's got a shot to maybe maybe catch Miami. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is with as hurt as Milwaukee is, I mean the team in the eighth spot is is playing for a shot to upset too. Yeah, um, I mean if if you assume Milwaukee holds on to that top seed, although you could also see. Toronto possibly catching them too. Toronto's beating the beating uh, OKC. Uh, OKC, yeah, fairly decently in the first half. Yeah, first half of the game in OKC. So we'll and then see. and then Jimmy Butler hit a game sealer over. Um, well, he did, but man, Embiid had the had if if that was the game. shot, then Embiid's yeah. was a block on Kyrie. Oh, I missed that. Okay. I didn't get to see any of the highlights. So all I saw was the one Jimmy Butler shot. But yeah, Joel Embiid with a monster 37.22 rebound. I don't know how many blocks he had, but yeah. He only had one block, but it, but it mattered. <laughs> it was a big one. But he went 20 of 21 from the free throw line. He is the big man version of James Harden. Yeah. he's. Did you see that thing I posted about... Where Marcus Smart like threw him to the ground and no, I I didn't flopped. get to watch the video. <laughs> Hilarious! Oh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to go back to watch and watch That's that. Good good NBA comedy. Yeah, so I mean it it definitely was a uh, a fun night around the around the association. Um, and and for I, I just part, don't feel like I, I just don't feel like Kyrie can lead that team. Lead, I think they'd be leave lead, it lead oh, with a D. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I definitely think he can leave with a V. I just don't think he can lead with a D. So this takes me to a great segue that I wanted to talk about tonight. So right. there was a Ringer column this week, and or a Ringer podcast with Simmons this week, and uh, I, I post an article in the comments section. It's basically, so if Kyrie leaves, do the Celtics think about a low-key rebuild? Or, and... Do one of the things, and the title of the of the podcast or of the article was "How J.R. Smith's Contract Is the NBA's Secret Free Agency Weapon." <laughs> <laughs> oh, because it because it's you can trade it 
into a into a much bigger slot, but then it becomes not guaranteed after June, yeah, well, whatever. And yeah, it's only guaranteed for like five million, but you can also stretch that five million, so it's only like one and a half million a year. Right. So um, it, w- it was a very interesting piece, and the the crux of it was basically trading um, Gordon Hayward and a draft pick. So basically, you're getting out from under Gordon Hayward's contract right. for uh, J.R. Smith and like Jordan Clarkson. And like, would you not do that in a heartbeat if you were the Cavs? I mean, obviously. Well, sure. Well, okay. T- two caveats. First of all. Do you ever want to trade with Danny Ainge again? <laughs> although, Only if you're fleecing him. Although the the Zizich and Colin Sexton parts of that trade are looking better and better. So, oh, for sure. I also think I think in the in the way that in the same way that that it took Paul year, Paul George two years to come back oh, and absolutely. be the yeah. player he was before the injury. I think it will take. Hayward until next year to oh, come I, back and be anywhere close to the player. You. So yeah, if you could get Hayward for if you could get Hayward to pick for for Jr. and and Clarkson, yeah, I just don't think I don't think Ainge would do that. I think I think Ainge no, would, it, it, if he's gonna if he's gonna use draft picks, he's gonna use them to get a star. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, is like, do you? I mean, are they gonna? go and try and get cap room again that just doesn't seem like the path that they're no, on right now. I think I, look the the truth about the the Celtics were a better team last year when it was their young guys when they they didn't have anybody it, it, everyone there, there wasn't the focal point everyone you know kind of fended for themselves and but like we've talked about this the whole reason you have a Kyrie on your team is for the playoffs when right. you need someone to go one on one and get you a shot when it when it when you absolutely have to have one that's why you have Kyrie Irving you don't have Kyrie Irving for the regular season because regular season doesn't matter so especially if you're at that level it matters in that they're going to probably wind up being on the road in the first round and that may be a real problem for them if it winds up being against any Indiana or Philly, which looks like it will be one of those two. So, you know, that's good. That's a tough spot to put yourself in, except the playoffs is where arguably Kyrie should, should shine. And if he doesn't, then I think he's absolutely gone. Interesting. But I mean, to, in, in my, the, the other problem with the, uh, contract for, um, Oh, Gordon Hayward is he's going to be the sixth highest played or he's going to be a top 10 contract in the NBA next year. His salary next year is going to be almost 33 million. I mean, that's a big pill to swallow. I mean, well, I guarantee you after this summer, it won't be. <laughs> oh, yeah, there will be some big. He might be big still contract. top 15 or yeah. 20, but wow. Memphis edges Houston at the end of overtime, 126, 125. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely some guys in the NBA I feel like would be worth moving that uh, that JR contract for. Like, so would you go after Drew Holiday if you were the Cavs? If the 
Pelicans no, are just totally too, blowing it up. Too injury prone. He's too. He's too old. Yeah, well, he's, he's thirty. Oh yeah, he's a good player, but he's also under contract. Oh, for he's a great player. I three just don't more think... years after this one. No, yeah. Drew Holiday should go to, like, like Drew Holiday should be the guy that replaces Kyle Lowry, who can't stay healthy in in Toronto. Yeah, one place I could definitely see a guy that I could definitely see the Cavs going after. Um, and I talked about this before, but using that scenario is Danilo Gallinari. Um, who is under contract for twenty two point six million next year, but is also um that team's going to really want to clear cap room to sign free agents. So I could I could definitely well yeah they need to sign Kawhi. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, there's there's a few guys who I feel like I have those longer term contracts that the the Cavs might want to go after Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> nah, not you, unless you're Ben. Yeah. Well, you'd have to like Dennis Schroeder and Gorgie Dang. You'd actually have to give the Cavs a lot of compensation for taking those contracts on. Um, oh yeah. I mean, but it, it'll be interesting. The Cavs have expirings next year too. I mean, with with Brandon Knight and and other guys. So there's there's definitely they have a lot of options. Um. Yeah. No. I look. I think they'll keep <laughs> the Cavs. I think they'll just go keep... get uh, Cody Zeller, who has this. Cody Zeller makes fifteen million. They don't need another <laughs> front court body. No, I just. I it cracks me up. He makes fifteen million through twenty twenty one. It's like yeah, that's just because Michael Jordan's a bad GM. Owner. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you. And then, and Rich Cho was the GM at the time, right? And him. then there's always Saint Weirdo. So. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to bringing St. Weirdo home the only because it'd be fun is, to watch. The problem is he's got a whole nother year. He's signed through 2021. Yeah, that's a bad contract. And I don't know if you can have Jordan I, Clark. I got to be honest. I don't know if – I'm not so sure that that Cavs Dan is going to be looking to take on too much more room because once they sign their rookies – this this off season, they still got a lot of money on the books. I mean, the Kevin Love oh yeah uh, extension I, kicks in for absolutely. what's that five years one twenty or four years one twenty, and then yeah. you got you still got two more years of Tristan. No, um, one more year. He's only signed for one more year. Oh, okay, so this year and next year, but still, it's another yeah. year of Tristan. I mean, I don't think that Dan Gilbert's going to want to be oh you know in the luxury tax. For a oh, team I don't, that I don't think at, ever at their best the is time. probably going to be, well, as I'm saying, like I just don't see them taking on these any more of these like you know massive contract dumps. I, I unless could, I could see unless they can they year. can move guys move guys in the process and get and get a a fairly decent draft pick, but I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, if you Look, I was playing with the with the um, what trade, was that the trade machine? Yeah, the not the trade machine, the tank machine or whatever oh, it's the called. Tankathon. Tankathon. Yeah, I gotta say, I didn't really, I it didn't really dawn on me how it was all gonna work. And when you when you do that, it gets kind of scary. Like, yeah, like they could be as low as like seventh or eighth, I think, if they drop another spot. So yeah, and that's yeah, I'm. I'm not uh, not arguing with you. It is it is slightly frightening. Yeah. Um and the the frightening thing about how teams 
at the end of the lottery have non-trivial odds of <laughs> getting a lottery pick. I mean, we're all going to be irritated as hell if Zion goes to like the Lakers or the Mavericks. Well, that'll be if they goes to the Lakers, the fix is in. <laughs> well, you heard my theory the other day that Zion's going to go to New York and then New York's going to screw it up by trading for uh, Anthony Davis <laughs> and then okay he's gonna leave (laughs) he wouldn't leave if if kevin durant and Kyrie both signed there yeah and then they'll all get hurt and nobody will ever that's fine i'm just saying like yeah no that that actually makes sense to me like if you say okay we can't afford to we can afford to sign two max free agents so the only way we're gonna get a third one is trading for him but if we have the number one pick and we can trade zion to to New Orleans, basically, to get AD in return, it wouldn't take much more than that. Maybe another, maybe maybe another like future consideration, or you know, or another young player like, uh, you know, like a Knox or something like that. Mm-hmm. You just you send you send Zion Knox and and another like twenty twenty two pick or something like that to because it won't matter if you get those three guys. You send that to New Orleans, everyone's happy and. KD and Kyrie signing with the Knicks, and that's that, you know. Yeah, and then Kyrie or Kawhi signs with the Clippers, and then uh, Clay resigns with Golden State, and LeBron winds up with you know with Boogie and and uh, Kemba. God, (laughs) (laughs) Boogie on that team, I can just see it now. It's just going to be insane. Yeah, like if I was that team, I would so want a guy like Nick Vucevic over Boogie. <laughs> totally, totally. But I mean, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. The crazy thing, so I'm looking through these contracts. You know who had the has the worst contract in the NBA right now? Um, wait, let me guess. Don't tell. Don't tell me. Um, it's not still Christian. Uh... What's his name? Not Christian Leitner. Why do I call him that? The guy for the Grizzlies. Um. Oh, Chandler Parsons. He has a very Chandler bad, Parsons. He has a very bad contract. But no, it's it's. I think it's only got one or two years left. Um. No, the worst contract in the NBA. Do you want more guesses? Yeah. Let me have two more guesses. Okay. Um. Let's see. Is it on? Is it someone on Charlotte? No. <laughs> Although they do have, they do but have Nick bad Batum? contracts. Nick Batum's not Nick, the worst. Nick, ba- Nick Batum right. is a bad contract, but it is not the NBA's worst. Let's see. All right, one more guess. Uh, who is the worst contract? I know I'm missing an obvious one here. You are. Hmm. Um. It is. I'll give you a hint. It is. Um. It is Mike Trout level in terms of the salary per year. <laughs> oh God, really? Yeah. Who? I, I can't. I can't think of it. I'm blanking. John Wall is signed yeah. for. No, listen to this. He is signed for another four years after this one, through the 2023 season, when his salary, his yearly salary, will be 47 million. Um, that that's a player option, but you have to think that he won't be declining that player option. And yeah. he still has four years and $122 million 
on, I guess on it all depends on how he on how he comes back. I mean, the but problem is then, he's not going to be. No, I know he's not going to be himself next year. Well, he's not even playing next year. Yeah, he's out a whole nother season, and the guy is a yeah. That's cancer. true. That's a good I mean, point. Yep, that is a think about bad that. contract. It's pretty bad. That's it Mike Trout level. <laughs> that is Mike. Well, no, because it's Mike Trout's twelve years, right? Something like that, and. You know, who signs just, a twelve-year contract? What what owner in their right mind does that? None of those guys are in their right mind. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're gonna do it for somebody, it might as well be Mike Trout because he's been awesome. But, but yeah, and has been nothing but, uh, you know, the guy you want representing your team. But sure, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's nuts for sure. I mean, what, what the big criticism I've heard over the last several days has been you're not even sure of the economics of baseball going out that far you know what i mean yeah (laughs) no no question but i mean it's really interesting because yeah the Cavs. uh not only do they have kevin love's contract extension kicking in next year they also have larry nance's contract extension which um to me looks like a bargain at 13 million starting next year and then decreasing every year thereafter so um, it's he's guaranteed forty five million over four years, which actually I think is is a is a pretty good bargain, especially if he becomes your starting center. So yeah, that's true. So anyway, um, <laughs> just a little, uh, you know. Well, where do you think? Do you think? I mean, going back to the Kyrie thing, do you think I'm wrong about him not being able to be that? I mean, look, he had thirty six points, nine rebounds, four assists tonight. But he was only three of thirteen from three, and he went hero ball at the end and got blocked by Embiid. I I don't know. I mean, I feel like the problem with that team is Kyrie could play that way if they had another really good scorer. The problem is they don't. Hayward. Right. They were Hayward, supposed to with Hayward, and he's not. He's really inconsistent, and I don't even think he played tonight. Hayward. Yeah, he may not have. I don't know. Were they on the back end? They might have been on the back end of a back-to-back, too. And then, of course, you've got Tatum, who was supposed to be a really good scorer and thinks he's a much better scorer than he is. Um, Yeah, well, he he, he definitely had that sophomore fall back yeah, the, to earth the, the a little so, bit. The sophomore jinx. He still he still had has had good moments, but he's not the guy. I mean, he was their guy at the at, when Kyrie went down last year. Yeah. He was the the guy who they looked to to score, and there was no def- there was there was no question about the Furman. He just would go for things, and yeah, but can't... he also took much better shots last year. Like he went to the basket. He didn't have any so many like ISO mid range jacks. That's right. the biggest problem with his game right now. Is he's he's got Kobe syndrome. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you get from. Listening to Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, my, my secret theory is that Kobe, like, identifies all these people that might end up being better than him and, like, low-key sabotages And then sabotages them? <laughs> <laughs> like, telling him how to, how, to, how to play the game and the opposite of what they should be doing? Exactly. That's exactly what I think is happening. So. Okay, I think that's a pretty good theory. I bet Tom <laughs> would agree with you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so you think that J.R. Smith, uh, stays in the Cavs just um, no 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 uh, no they'll th- definitely trade him I just don't know it's I, not going to be a be... blockbuster is what you're no saying. it's going to be for a team that needs it'll be for it'll still be for a team that needs relief that 
that can offer a pick, but it won't be a high pick. And it, it also won't be, I don't think it'll be a, an albatross contract. I think it'll be, you know, it'll be a contract that could, that could still be. Maybe like an swallowed. Alan Crabb or a Jeff Teague or even yeah. Kent, Kent Bazemore, a team Wait, that's Jeff, trying to clear Jeff cap Teague's room. still playable. Oh, all those guys are still playable. I mean, wow. well, I don't know Crab. if Crab is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he always he always scores a lot of threes against the Cavs. It seems like, but yeah, yeah I, uh, they drafted him and traded him, right? Yeah, there's always Bismack Biombo. Oh man, <laughs> or the, the best guy. You know, it'd be the absolute best is bringing Timo back. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is his deal still he awful? Is, he's scheduled to make. 16. Where is he now? He's in Orlando. So basically, um, one of the deals was Orlando and Charlotte traded terrible contracts, and Biombo went to Charlotte, and <laughs> Moscow went to Orlando. Because <laughs> you remember, he was on the end of the bench in the Magic game last week. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so he's due to make... Poor some... Timo. He was never that good. He, he just had one okay. really good year. He is not poor. <laughs> no, never will be. I I don't feel bad for Timo at all because he made sixty four million dollars, courtesy of the bus of uh, Jim Bus. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely guys out there. I don't think they want to add money beyond next year. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what they package to get what. Um, but that yeah, there's it's- definitely. Definitely guys they could pick up. The one of the problems is is there's so many overpaid big men in the league right now. Yeah. I I could see Courtney Lee being a guy they get. Um because Dallas probably wants no part of that thirteen million he's owed next year. Or Solomon Hill. So they're definitely gonna be a part of something, but we we don't know what it is yet. So Yeah, that hey, that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, can you Sorry, that me? was weird. Oh. Yeah, you just cut out for like a ten seconds. Oh, okay, so that'll be interesting to watch coming up next year. And then, so what for are sure. you looking forward to going into the playoffs? Um, well, a lot of things I was looking forward to happening have already happened, like the Lakers not making the playoffs, <laughs> the Cavs actually um, showing that some good signs for next year, um, the the Warriors all of a sudden look look. Quasi beatable, which is which always makes things more interesting. You know, the the Celtics aren't exactly firing in all cylinders, so I don't know. It seems like it it could be really interesting postseason. I think yeah, there'll be. I think it will be an interesting postseason. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll be a lot. That I'm sure the NBA is not happy because they've got their New York, Chicago, and LA for the most part. Even though the Clippers are there. Um, probably will only be for one round. Um, but they're missing a lot of their big sort of television audiences. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure they were, everyone was hoping that LeBron and the Lakers would, would at least make the playoffs this year. So that's yeah. probably, they do have Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they do. They do have Brooklyn. Do. So it's funny because the West uh, there is one game separating fourth and eighth place. I yeah. Mean, or a game and a half, it looks like. No, I'm sure the NBA is yeah. praying for either a a Golden State Boston or a Golden State Philly finals because yeah. 
I mean, I'm sure they don't want a Milwaukee oh, or Toronto. Toronto is Toronto. their nightmare. <laughs> Although it shouldn't be. I mean, all of a sudden you'd have a whole other country involved. Well, let me rephrase. TNT and ESPN, that's their nightmare. Yeah, that is their nightmare. <laughs> because they don't even get to count ratings from Canada. So Right, that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, the West, I think it's, it's going to be really interesting to just see who ends up where in the West. I mean, well, some of these, yeah, some of these matchups, if the season ended today are nuts. Yeah. I mean, the Clippers and the, and Golden State, and then you got San Antonio, Denver, which I think would be a great series. Great series. And meanwhile, yeah, the, the Spurs finally lost tonight, but they rattled off nine straight. And then, yeah, Rockets, Jazz, that could be something, something special. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Blazers Thunder. I mean, yeah, every matchup is going to be kind of great. Yeah. And even in the East, I mean, I'm not sleeping on a Miami Milwaukee. Um, Not with these injuries. Well, Miami's eight and two in their last 10 and Milwaukee's five and five. And then I I do think Brooklyn's going to get smashed if they stay in the seventh seed. Um, oh, yeah. The Raptors will destroy him, I think. Yeah, the Raptors or the... I don't think the Sixers will catch him, but they could. Um, and then that... I uh, don't think so. I actually, Not the way they're playing tonight. Yeah. I actually feel like Detroit's a decent matchup for the Sixers. Um, just because of because how of Drummond? big they are. Yeah. And how many, three, and how many although, threes they take. <laughs> although, as... as more than one person. What was it? Uh, I own real estate in Andre Drummond's head. Isn't that oh, right. the quote? So yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pacers, Boston. I will be rooting hard for the Pacers. So yeah, if only they had Depot still, man. That would be that would be a world of hurt for Boston. I think. Well, if they had Depot, I think they would be in the in the top three or four, or they would be in the top three for sure. Right. I mean, they're they're in fourth place without depot for half the season which is really impressive i mean you almost there's so many coach of the year candidates so yeah that's a good question so who well we'll wait till the end of the season but um well who's your coach of the year right now right now i mean i guess i'd probably have to say um there's so many candidates yeah, there really are. I mean, I guess I'd, I'd probably have to go with, um, I mean, I'm, I know you don't, you're not a fan. I, I'm amazed with what Doc Rivers has done. I, I can't deny that he's, has been amazing this year. But I mean, then again, Nate, uh, Nate McMillan, again, like just oh, a yeah. second straight incredible season for a team that, that shouldn't by all rights be where they are. But, you know, Nick Nurse is a first, First-time head yeah. coach. Well, Buttonholzer, could... I think, deserves some credit, too. I mean, he took a team that basically Jason Kidd underachieved with and has maximized their 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 winning. So I just feel like Buttonholzer makes too many mistakes to be well, considered that. <laughs> that's just my... I mean, they're my... leading the NBA in point differential by a lot. So. Yeah, I know. So did the Hawks in... 2015 <laughs> or 16. And that is why you are one of my favorite people to talk to about basketball. <laughs> okay. So, um, so we kind of went into the NBA a little bit. Are you, have you filled out a bracket? Nope. 
Do you ever fill out a bracket? I used to all the time. I used to too. I won like my old job. I won three times in fourteen years with like a two hundred person pool, which is it's yeah. kind of impressive. I told that story. That's every pretty good. Year on the podcast. But I've anyway. never won. I've never won. I've never been good at picking games. I used to do it all the time with my dad because he loved it. Okay. And then after he passed away, I just got it. Kind of uh, wasn't that I, I. It was just it just became less interesting to me. And then yeah. I think on top of that, the the you know just the whole college mentality now is is lost its luster for me with the I can see you know that. the one and dones and everything. I just I don't know. I just feel like it's. It's just guys showcasing now. Interesting. Um, yeah, and I used to do one every year, and I I thought about doing this. If we had not had so many site problems, it would have been good to do like a CTB bracket. Um, sure, but I probably would have done that. If, if yeah, that would have been fun. But maybe, maybe next year. So and so, is there anybody you're looking forward to seeing in the tournament? Are you going to watch any college basketball? I'm going to root for John Morant. I, I think. Yeah, I want to see like him his play. Game. I, I like the it's Murray State, you know. I, I, I like the underdogs, yeah. yeah. Um, but otherwise, no. I mean, I heard I was I heard some just on the radio about like Buffalo is supposed to be pretty good, the Mac team, and um, yeah, and it's all guys uh, watch Wojciechowski <laughs> recruited, and then he went to a different school, right? So, yeah, but I I would assume Duke will you know, bulldoze, but then there'll probably be some team that upsets them and never be like, Oh, I can't believe they lost because that's usually what happens when there's a favorite like they are. So. Yeah, it's, it should be interesting. Uh, I don't know a lot about the, the draft prospects, so I, I want to check them out. And if anybody, um, if anybody knows, uh, these draft prospects or wants to write a profile, uh, shoot me an email. Um, yeah, because we need help, man. <laughs> we need help. And, well, the funny everybody's thing is, going on, everybody's going on vacation. Yeah, the funny thing is, we got all this stuff at the beginning of the draft, and then we got to write about the end of the draft too, because they have the yeah. Houston pick. So that's right. That's right. So. We we'll have to get we we'll have to get Ben on that. He's usually our resident. Uh... He's he's a pretty sharp guy. I mean, I I will I will bone up for sure. Maybe that's what oh, I'll yeah. do when I'm on uh, vacation when for my uh, vacation reading. Although I'm I'm going to have a pretty uh, packed uh, lineup. I think we're doing uh, Disney for like three days, and oh, then, wow. or and then Universal for a day. So that'll be fun. Out of a week, that's a, that's pretty pretty packed lineup. So yeah, it'll oh, yeah. be a lot of fun. I'm I'm will need a vacation kids, from that vacation. My kids are very excited. So. Oh yeah, how could they not be? It's Disney Disneyland World. World. <laughs> I used, I'm used to saying land because I'm not here. Land now. is out there, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, Disney World. I haven't been to Disney World since I was teenager. Oh wow, I've never been to any of them. So oh well, you'll have fun. I, I should. It's very yeah. it's very built up and big now. And you can drink now. So oh well, there you go. <laughs> we used to be able to drink at Epcot in the um, in the. Uh, the tour of the different cities. Yeah, I, I, I've heard there's a lot more alcohol now. <laughs> <laughs> there probably has to be. <laughs> exactly. So as long as you don't pass out from dehydration, you're you're okay. So yeah. anything you want to pitch? Um. Oh, yeah. Um. The fourth and final season of Catastrophe 
uh, came out no, last week. No, Catastrophe was that on TNT? Was that a TNT show? No, uh, uh, Amazon. It's an Amazon it's show. Been, so it's it's uh, always been an Amazon show. Yeah, yeah. So yeah what yeah. is Catastrophe about? So it's it's um, uh, Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan. So it's an, an American comic and a British. Oh, or I know Rob Delaney. Comic. Yeah, yeah. So they play this couple that has this like you know one night stand and then she gets pregnant from it and it's kind of goes from there so it's every episode every season is only six episodes like half hour episodes so it's hard to even like it's just loosely calling it a season but um the first three were amazing and then uh i just started the fourth season last night with my wife and we enjoy watching it but it's if you can if you can uh kind of understand the accents which i can because i i was born in the uk it was it's it's a lot of fun to watch and there's a lot of uh i didn't uh, know you were born in the uk oh yeah yeah <laughs> you are you are an Aren't international man of mystery yeah. yep <laughs> now i have three passports wow yeah. that's impressive yep I, well, I don't know if it's impressive. It's just it just sort of is. <laughs> it helps. It helps to, for jobs. That's I've for been sure. to Canada and the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. So I've yeah. gotten kicked out of Canada, or oh, nice. Or rather, I was told to voluntarily uh, withdraw my application for entry. <laughs> <laughs> Too many uh, felonies as a youth. <laughs> no, I. I tried to go in and was meeting with a customer to basically calibrate their monitor. And I made the mistake of being too truthful and just not telling the customs guy that I was there for, you know, some customer service and to talk to the customer. And so, and actually it wasn't a guy, it was a very stern woman who, (laughs) (laughs) who, um, that was your first mistake. You called her a guy. No, I did not do that. But okay. um, but the funny thing is, so we were, the problem was is that before I'd gone up through Buffalo, and so going through Buffalo, it was at Christmas time, so everybody from Canada was coming down to shop because they don't have sales up there like we do here, and so right. they, the bridge, the Freedom Bridge was insanely crowded, and so they they don't want to like stop anybody and deal with that because they literally have an hour line behind you of cars. So I was like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I'm just going to go and, you know, uh meet with this customer, calibrate their monitor, etc. Well, so that was fine, but the next time I went through was like 6 months later I was going through Port Huron, uh which is up in Michigan. Sure. And um <laughs> the lady was like well, I think you're taking work away from a Canadian. <laughs> I was like, this is literally five minutes worth of work. So um, I I sat there for an hour and a half while they sweated us, and then uh, had to. Uh, I was told to if I did not voluntarily withdraw my application, I would be banned from the country for a year. <laughs> for wow! Trying to come in and work. So if if the salesman and I had said we're going to get married. In Toronto, and this was back before, uh, you know, gay marriage was legal in the U.S., we would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. They're real strict about that. They, yeah. um, yes, they I, are. I've shot a bunch of movies up there where I've had to go up and, and say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm producing this film and I have this. And usually I'll get if – if I have to be up there for any length of time, I'll get documentation. But um, – 
if you're you know, just but going to check on the shoot. Yeah, sometimes I'm just going to check on the shoot, and I, I just have to say, yeah, I'm just coming up for a couple of days. And they're like, yeah. Usually I, they, they make me you know, come to the side and answer a lot more questions. But um, Well, it was interesting because when we were there, there was somebody who was having their car tossed like down to the frame because yeah. they had – found something in their luggage and they thought that they were smuggling and <laughs> this lady's just crying in this guy's arms while well, literally all their stuff is on the sidewalk and they're going through it all with like a fine tooth comb. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and so that was enough for me and the sales guys sitting there, you know, as they're kind of sweating us and I'm sure watching us on a camera or whatever, uh, to be like, okay, yeah, we, and the salesman is this big guy named Tim and he was about, He's about six six and about three twenty, so he's a big dude, and he was getting so mad. He's like, um, "So what do you do? I'm in sales. Um, so if I let you in, are you going to go do this work?" And he's like, "Ma'am, I am not technically capable of doing this work." <laughs> That's and he's like, uh, so you're just going to PR, and he's, he just nods his head. He's like, "Sir, I need a yes or no." No <laughs> or yes, <laughs> it was just like it was. and then so yeah. and then so when we got sent back, we uh, <laughs> the guy stops us at the U.S. part because there's the whole part where it's the border, and uh, the, he goes, "So what they flat? What they ding you for?" And I said, I told him the whole story. He's like, "Yeah, you don't want to go back. <laughs> don't try coming tomorrow." Yeah. Um, he goes, uh, yeah, in the U.S., we just send you back and you come back the next day, but there, you, you'll go to jail there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, they, they like keep a record of your name and stuff. I think it's yeah. a little, I think it's a little easier on the West Coast because so much Hollywood production has gone to Vancouver. Yeah. So, you know, when they say, I think you're taking a Canadian job, most of the time it's like, well, we created those Canadian jobs right, because exactly. we have a whole film business. That exists in Vancouver because it's basically similar weather to you know Los Angeles for at least yeah. you know four or five months a year. So yeah, I mean it. And Tor Toronto is similar. Uh, yeah. Well, because yeah. a lot of stuff set in New York is filmed in Toronto. True. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little easier, especially if you're dealing with film stuff. Yeah. But uh, so, but yeah, they they're definitely they're definitely strict about those things. It wasn't Port Huron. It was Port Clinton. Now that I'm thinking about it, but right. <laughs> so yeah, even more mental suspect. In yeah. mental note: Don't go to Canada through Port Clinton. Yep. Either go through Windsor or go through Buffalo. So safety tip. <laughs> <laughs> so that. So how about you? Any? What do you? What are you pitching this I week? I don't have a ton to pitch. Um, I guess I'd pitch Airbnb. Hopefully, because I got a smoking deal on my uh, my Florida trip, but. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't been watching a ton of movies. I went and saw Captain Marvel. Have you seen it? Yeah. What'd you think? Did you think your girls? It was okay. I took my Did girls. they like it? They loved it. Very girl Yeah, powered. well, they loved it. Yeah. Sure. My problem with the movie is there are long stretches where nothing happens. And yeah. like if a large part of your movie takes place when you're looking up archives, and it's not like a legal drama, you have poorly written your script yeah. like to me that was the biggest like why are we wasting time crawling around military archives like this does not seem like an effective use of 
Brie Olson and uh, Samuel Jackson's time. Right. <laughs> but I mean, some of the stuff was cool. Like the way they made Samuel Jackson younger uh, yeah. was, was neat. Although I don't and ever... And Clark Gregg, the guy who plays Agent Colson. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was cool. He was, he was a nice touch. Um, and, and Brie Larson was fine. Uh, I just didn't think the story was all that great. Um, yeah. But these are kind of like the fringe Marvel characters. I feel like they're kind of taking a Marvel character that was never that resonant and trying to sell us on it. And I always thought the scroll storylines and the Kree storylines were always kind of hokey to begin with. And right. they did a nice job with it in Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardians of the Galaxy tie-ins in this movie were a little forced. Um, it was right. okay. But, I mean, there's some really good... Uh, Brie Larson and um, Samuel Jackson had really good chemistry. Um, yeah, probably the best chemistry that he's had with one of the heroes, I think. Yeah, well, I always thought he and Tony or and uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. were pretty good together. Yeah, but Downey Jr. is good with everybody. Well, I'm just saying, like, I I feel like this was one that was maybe not as expected, but but played really nicely. And the cat was a fun surprise. And then, (laughs) yeah, I think I did give you some nice twists, although it was funny because my wife and my daughter both was like, oh, yeah, I saw that twist coming, which is, you know, the big twist I'm talking about. I was like, oh, I didn't get that at all. I just thought something was up with the cat. And so and normally I pick up on that stuff right away. So that was kind of funny. But I mean, my my daughters loved it. Uh, I didn't think it was nearly as good as Wonder Woman. Um, Oh, no. I mean, Wonder Woman is just a better origin story. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem. Origin stories are tough. If it's not a good comic book origin, like it's just sure. hard. Have you seen Into the Spider Verse yet? No, I still need to see. Oh, that. you do need to see that. Yeah, I mean that they do a nice job with that one of making it an origin story and not an origin story at the same time. So right. that one's. I'm just fun. saying. I just think that um, ultimately, the, you know, the 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 problem with it's not a problem. It's just just the the unfortunate part about. Captain Marvel is that at this stage of the Marvel universe's history, you know, she's more of a, okay, we need to, we need to jam in a, a backstory, you know, or, or a a story for you because you're going to be important in, in either undoing what happened in the last Avenger movie. So, yeah. Yeah. And, I'm very annoyed by certain things like Sony's decision to put out a Spider-Man uh, trailer before the last Avenger comes out. So you or the yeah Avenger Endgame comes out. So you basically know that Spider-Man lives, which I think is really lame. <laughs> well, they that's, that. that's the problem with having Marvel at different studios, which yeah. a lot of that everything but Spider-Man got remedied. uh this just today with the Disney Fox merger finally going through. So, okay, so all of the X Men, all the X Men, Deadpool, um, Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four will go to Disney Marvel now. So. Oh wow, that's fantastic! So yeah. pretty much on this. And Kevin Feige's really been uh, in really been involved heavily in the in the last two Spider Mans, but who uh, Kevin Feige who who runs Marvel? Okay. 
Yeah, um, and and the Spider Verse for that matter too. So. Yeah, and I mean, I'm uh, I'm excited about that. I hope. I thought this kind of incarnation of the X Men was a lot of fun. Um, although I hate uh, Sansa Stark as Jean Grey. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not a fan of that cast, that casting. Right. And I thought uh, when they cast her that fam, well, that third original X-Men movie is awful. <laughs> that's, that's the whole problem with that one. But Which I, one? The, oh, the one where Famke Jansen turns into the Phoenix. Oh yeah. Well, that uh, was the Brett Rat. That was the Brett Ratner one. Yeah. That was just a terrible one, but I really like days of futures past. Yep. And I thought that was excellent. And I, I X Men. What was the one with X Men Apocalypse? Was okay. Apocalypse was just okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I. But really, I really like Logan. Yeah, like Logan was excellent. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess um, Ryan Reynolds is trying to. Oh talk, yeah, dead. Talk. Uh, oh, what's his name that plays Wolverine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hugh, Jack- Hugh Jackman uh, Hugh Jack- into doing one more Wolverine appearance with him so maybe <laughs> if anybody could talk him into it he could well so. and, and money always talks <laughs> so yep so That's yeah true. i i'm that'll be fun i really would love to see them make a good fantastic four and i feel like that could fit in this marvel universe like well, that's just it i think it needs to be brought into more of a a guardians type of yeah. of Style that needs a it needs a filmmaker that that can do that. Well, the problem with think... the first the problem with the the first um, iteration was too um, kind of hokey TV star ish, and then the second iteration was trying to be like took itself way too seriously. So yeah, and that's the. So somewhere in between those two things. Well, I can... do think it's funny that uh, Chris Evans was in the was <laughs> Johnny Blaze, Johnny, yeah, Johnny Storm, or whatever Johnny Storm, yeah, <laughs> the Human Torch. I see you are not a true believer. <laughs> eh, I I never get the names right with all that. There's just too many names to remember in the Marvel universe. That, 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 isn't that isn't that ironic that you're the one that gets the names wrong there and I get them right? <laughs> yeah, when you just flip it for the NBA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with those. Um, do, have they said whether they're going to integrate the X-Men universe into the greater Marvel comic universe now? or I think that's the plan, but okay. I think they have... Honestly, I think that's part of, of the moving on from some of the older um, initial... Uh, yeah. Avengers too, when you know. They, when they kill a lot of these guys off, yeah, which they will. In, I mean, I'm not spoiling anything. Like you kind of, well, you, you know, they're gonna kill some of these guys off. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I have avoided all previews. I've avoided all spoilers, and and I kind of know, but I also, I don't want to know. So, and yeah, and I like the movies. I'm not in love with them, but I do hate when you know I have watched almost all these movies. And I do hate when, you know, you get to the end and it's ruined for you. So I'm trying to avoid that. So, <laughs> right. So, and I've never seen The Sixth Sense. So don't tell me the secret. You've never seen <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, that was like 99, dude. Like, that's 20 years ago. <laughs> well, what was it? Um, 
Uh, I never watched the end of Lost until like four seasons after it was over. So, oh, yeah. I still haven't. I got I, oh, I, my I, God. after the first two seasons. I was like, I'm done with this. Well, the funny thing is, the third season was probably my favorite season, and that was the most disappointing ending to a show probably I've ever watched. Although Battlestar Galactica's ending was pretty bad too. So, a lot of these shows are though. Like it's it's hard to they live can't up. figure out how to end them, or they went on a season too long. Yeah. Already. Like, I mean, I think, I don't think there's anybody that wouldn't disagree that Breaking Bad probably went on a season too long. Yeah. I'm but, sorry. And that's one of my favorite shows. So, anyway, um, yeah, so I don't think I really have anything to pitch, uh, right. other than, uh, you know, uh, watch the NCAA tournament, um, uh, you know, be happy. Uh, I watch, uh, I listen to a lot of, uh, what I pitched last week, uh, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats, and been listening to a lot of the National lately, so I guess I'll pitch, right. pitch the National, but um, yeah, uh, check them out on YouTube. They got some really good concerts on YouTube. They're really good live. So The one at the Sydney Opera House is really cool. So that, That's my pitch. The National right. at the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> when do the Cavs play again? Friday? The Cavs play Friday. I will be there. Um I'll be at the game oh, you will. for the clips. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, my company was giving away free tickets, so I can't pass that up. So So yeah, I think that's like the second the first Cavs game I'll have gone to this year. So I'm excited. Wow. Well, hopefully we that get is the whole exciting. Crew. No, I did go. Uh, this will be the first this will be the first year in a long time that I missed I'm gonna miss one. No, I did go earlier this year because my girls got to stand in the, the high five line and well, pass. I wasn't about to try to get a Laker ticket. Yeah. When they were here. Yeah. So, I don't I, know. I don't. I think they're coming back out to play the Clippers, though. Let me see. I think they are. Uh, I think they are. Well, that's pretty or soon. Did they I already think I, play the Clippers. No, I don't think they played the Clippers this year yet. Huh. Usually, when teams go to LA, they play them both. I know, but this they sort of split it up. They had their earlier one. Um. Yeah, they play on March thirtieth, huh? Well, Maybe yeah. I'll try to go to that. Tickets tickets as low as fourteen dollars. I oh, might be there. there. You go, man. Out in L.A., tickets are as cheap as fourteen dollars for a Clipper. That is the difference between the Clippers and the Lakers, isn't it? Yep, <laughs> that's crazy. If and... I could go to Phoenix on on April Fool's Day, it's tickets are as low as seven dollars. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. So where do they want to move? You can go to I can go see him at Golden State on April 5th for $82. Where do they want to move the uh, the Clippers to? They want to move them to the Forum. In Inglewood? And the Lakers are trying to block that. Yeah, didn't the Lakers used to play at the Forum? By going there first. <laughs> oh, the Lakers are going to move back to the Forum? Uh, Yeah, well, they might. They're discussing it because... It's it's kind of one of those it's a it's in a total Laker fashion. They don't want someone else to do it, so they might have to do it if they want to block the other team from doing it. That's insane. The yep. classic Lakers. Classic Lakers. <laughs> well, there's a lot of history there. I mean, they'd need to do a lot to the forum to oh, yeah. improve its basketball. I mean that that's a that's probably a several hundred million dollar revamp but oh probably uh, more than that the way these things no i mean the structure's still there it's not like you'd have to tear the whole thing down although they probably would it's it's it was built a while ago so yeah 
So if they took if they tore it down and started over, then yes, it would be probably a probably more like close to do a a billion dollar. Yeah, speaking uh, of which, I'll have to tell you how the new the new Q is shaping up. So, yeah, I've been seeing the commercials, so I'm excited to see it. Uh, I might be back. Um, I might be back in that neck of the woods in the summer, but okay. Uh, well, we'll have to catch a tribe game. I yeah. hear those tickets will be affordable. <laughs> that seems like an almost certainty, since yes. the, since uh, now uh, Paul Dolan doesn't have any money because he loses <laughs> money every year on the. On the on the team, so well, yeah, and their money's from cable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, if it is, they made a bad deal. I was hearing about that today. I don't want to like start another topic, but something like uh, I think they they get forty million a year from their TV deal, which sounds good until you realize that like Tampa Bay gets like eighty two million dollars a year from their their deal and. The whole reason that that Artie Moreno out here can pay uh, Mike Trout that kind of money is because the Angels get 150 million dollars a year, and this goes through like 2031, I think. Well, you know what the cable. insane thing is is that the Tribe actually has the same number of households viewing their games as the Angels. No, more so. They have, they yeah. have the best share in the in the um, in baseball last year. And they're like only getting nine- 40 million. Yeah, they had like a nine share. Yeah, they made, and they they get that until I think their deal runs through like like twenty twenty seven. I think. Wow, so that was a there's that was no a way they can get for, more money for Sports Time Ohio. Totally, <laughs> they should see if they can renegotiate that. Can't I, they just do, pull a Kyrie and say I want out of this contract? Well, or, or an Anthony Davis? <laughs> yeah, well, it worked for Kyrie though. It didn't work for Anthony Davis. Not yet. <laughs> I don't okay. know who will. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We'll see where he ends up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, as always, go, go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.